Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into His Word. Let's jump right into today's message. We do want to welcome again those of you that are watching online or perhaps you're listening on our podcast. We consider you a part of this family. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, I want to encourage you to stop by and we'll make you feel right at home. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together and welcome our online viewers and listeners this morning. Good to have you with us. Hey, I can't believe that we're almost wrapping up. I have, I have two more messages, uh, two more Sundays after this Sunday, and it's hard to believe how fast this year has gone. But I believe the Lord gave me a word. We're going to read from his word. So I know the Lord gave me a word because anytime we do scripture and we try to do all of our messages that way here at Hope Covenant, y'all don't need my opinions. You need the word of God. Amen. Amen. And so uh, today's message is on surrender. And I want to say this. We're into the holidays. I love the holidays. It's the happiest season of all is what we declare and what we sing. And we did some Christmas songs this morning. How many of you love Christmas songs? I do. We only do them once a year, but I like rocking out to them. It's funny. I was thinking when I was putting the list together for this month, I was like, some of these are the best songs. We only sing these once a year. We need to declare these more. Um, Because honestly, the words to them, they're worship songs. A lot of them, oh, come let us adore him. You can sing that all year long. Amen. The angels are gathered around this throne singing, holy, holy, holy. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So, amen. We're going to join with that. But um, I want to say this. It's not always uh, the most thrilling time of year when you've been through a year where you've lost somebody, where you've been through a year where you're experiencing financial hardships. You've been through a year where you're trying to figure out how to make ends meet. And that's why as a church, we are so big on tithes and offerings. It's not because the church has a need. It's because we want to see you blessed and fulfilled. And and, uh, obedience is far greater than sacrifice. And we're more obedient to the principles of God. It's amazing what happens in our lives. And so I want to talk about the principle of surrender today and look at Scripture. Uh, Last week, Dr. Michael Brown was with us, and he so beautifully prepared. I had this message scheduled for months that I was going to do this. We just finished our series on the Beatitudes. Then we had Thanksgiving. Dr. Brown spoke last week, and he spoke a message that good things take time. And it was probably one of the goodest messages I've ever heard. Excuse my my language there and, and my improper English. But it, there was an anointing, and, and honestly, he spoke a little bit longer, but I was like, keep going, keep going, this is good stuff. Um, but last week, he was, he was saying that, that good things take time, and it was really a message about the testing that we go through and how God is doing a work in us and developing character in us during times of testing and trials that we deal with. And, you know, life is not always whipped cream and sugar and cherries on the top. There are times where we experience some difficulties and some hardships. Today, I want to focus on surrendering because you must surrender to God in order to see those good things that take time come to pass. It's important that we surrender, that we let go and we let God. How many of you know that God's ways are so much better than ours? And when God ordained, we make our plans, but the word scripture says he ordains our steps. 
I cannot tell you how many times I had plans that were, and, and Dr. Brown said we oftentimes like help God and sometimes like make an attempt to save him when it doesn't look like it's, it's working out our way. Like, well, well we've got his back, God, I'll, I'll help you out a little bit. How many of you know that does not work? No, we have to surrender and let God do what he wants to do. He's going to see it to completion. He, he finishes what he starts in us. Aren't you grateful for that? And sometimes you might think you, like you made a wrong turn, but I want to encourage you that God will use all things. He'll work all things together for the good according to those that love him. So if you feel like you've messed up or jacked up the plan of God on your life, I want to encourage you that when you repent and you surrender, he'll put you right back on track. And you know what? Here's what I love about the goodness of God. He'll make up for lost time. He is incredible, and I want you to breathe deep. I want you to take a deep breath. This message today, this is Pastor Adam. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you. I'm going to love on you a little bit. We did the Beatitudes, and, and that was, man, that was some tough stuff. I want to love on you today during this Christmas season. I want to encourage you today that you know that it is, it is easy to get back on track with God, to surrender and give it to him and see him do an amazing work. I want to look at what this word, so I love to teach you the meaning of these words, surrender. There's four definitions that, that Webster's lists, and the first one is to yield to power, control, or possession of another. In this case, with the possession and the control of God. We've talked before about how we love the Savior. We love God, our Savior, but Lordship we struggle with because now this guy's telling us what to do. That, that, that requires submission and surrender. To give up completely or agree to forego, in, especially in favor of another. To give oneself up in the power of another. To give oneself over to something such as an influence. I was uh, sitting at lunch with Dr. Brown uh, after service last week, and he said something that was so profound that I stopped. I said, excuse me, I'm not texting. I'm writing this down because it's that good. He said... To see the supernatural is not to learn to depend on God more, but to learn to depend on God only. In other words, God, you're it. Your ways are it. Your steps that you ordained for me, that's it. I'm going to give up and I'm going to let you do what only you can do because you do it so much better. And guys, I, I, I'm not harping on this again because of a need as a church, and I don't mean to defend that, but I want to explain this to you so you understand the, the sincerity behind this. It's why I work so hard at, at talking to you all about the fact that if you're not a tither, you need to be a tither because it matters to God, and it shows God when you put your money where your mouth is. You've heard of that phrase before. It's amazing what God does. It's really it's about obedience. It's not even about money. It's about obedience. And he will bless you. Yes, will. Let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 2 to 3. Keep your eyes on Jesus who began and finished the race that we're in. Amen. I'm loving this already. Let's study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there. In the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. 
Man, when you look at the story of, of Jesus, it'll shoot adrenaline right into your souls. Jesus really modeled for us endurance through a place of surrender. And I want to I want to look at that a little bit more deeply in Luke 23, verse 44 to 46. It says, now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, he's on the cross, calling out with a loud voice, said this. And guys, listen to this. This is key. If you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. This is what Jesus said, his last words on the cross. He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I surrender my spirit. Jesus is the Son of God. And he demonstrates surrender right there on the cross. He's he's dying. You you looked at what we just read, what he put up with. He's, He's hanging there, humiliated, naked on a cross. And he says, Father, into your hands I surrender my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last breath. Here's the takeaway for us today. Let's surrender it all to God and let it go. Stop holding on to it. Let it go. It would be so much easier if we would just let go and let God. I wrote this down that you can't co-manage your problems with God. Surrender means you're out, he's in, his word is the final word, and that's it. I'm going to let it go and give it to you. And it's so much easier when you do. It's so much less stressful when you do. We must give them to God And let him dictate the outcome because God's plan is the best plan and it's the most successful plan. I want to share with you, I shared a little bit last week about a year ago uh, exactly. Liz and I had just come home from Texas where we were offered a job. And then we had another church that we were talking with. And and there was a pastor who encouraged us. um, While we were sitting in front of him, we were like, look, we started this church. COVID hit. Uh, we don't have a building. We're not sure what to do. And we're just wanting to make sure that this is God's best plan. And we're just not sure. We're just, we're, we're really seeking you. We were thinking maybe we were going to wrap up Hope Covenant and that maybe it was the Lord's plan, but maybe it wasn't the right timing. Dr. Brown talked about that last week. Yeah. And this pastor looked at me in the eyes. In fact, he's one of our overseeing pastors. His name is Brett Jones. And he looked at me, Pastor Brett looked at me and he said, Adam, here's what you need to do when you don't know what to do. And I want to encourage you guys with this today, just like he encouraged me a year ago. When you don't know what to do, here's what you do. You stand on the last word you heard from God. And you don't move. You stand at attention. And you say, Lord, I'm not moving till you speak. And it keeps you out of trouble. Because what you're doing is you're saying, God, unless you do it, I'm not, I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not going to make this happen. How many of you know we can make things happen in our own strength? Yes. And we can birth an Ishmael. Yes. We can have a moment, and I can expl- I'll explain to you in another message what that all means in depth. You don't want to birth something you're not supposed to birth. You want to be right in the center. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yes. Psalms 31, verse 4 to 5 says, Keep me free from the trap that is set for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. It's a trap to hold on and not surrender. Rather than give our issues and problems to God. Don't get caught up in that trap. 
We often turn to worrying about our kids, worrying about our finances, worrying about our jobs, worrying about our health, worrying about our vacations, worrying about where are we going to pay for all the Christmas gifts. But worry doesn't solve anything. Surrender does. Being faithful to God and laying it at his feet and saying, Lord, either you do this or it can't be done. So much better. I want to share with you a, a Boudreaux joke. I love Boudreaux jokes. They're my favorite. Boudreaux's a Cajun from Louisiana. And he went to the doctor. He was a little bit worried about his health. And he went and checked in with the doctor. He said, you know, doc, I'm, I'm just I'm worried about my health. And the doctor looked at him and said, Boudreaux, don't worry. You'll, be, you'll live to be at least 60 years old. And Boudreaux looked at him. He said, well, I am 60. And the doctor said, well, I'll see you. There you go. I was right. <laughs> Maybe you're worrying about your kids. And if so, I want to read a letter that a son left his dad on the kitchen table. His dad was coming home from work, and he found this letter sitting there. It says, Dear Dad, it is with great regret and sorrow that I'm writing you. You'll need to listen to this. This is good. I had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with you and Mom. I've been finding real passion with Stacy, and she is so nice. However, I knew you would not approve of her piercings, tattoos, and tight motorcycle clothes. Also, she's much older than me. But it's not only the passion, Dad. She's pregnant. Stacy said that we will be very happy together. She owns a trailer in the woods and has a stack of firewood for the whole winter. We, had a dream, we have a dream of, of having many more children. Stacy has opened my eyes to the fact that marijuana really doesn't hurt anyone. We'll be growing it for ourselves and trading it with other people in the commune for all the cocaine and ecstasy we want. In the meantime, we'll pray that science will find the cure for AIDS so that Stacy can get better. She sure deserves it, Dad. Dad, don't worry. I'm 15. I know how to take care of myself. And someday I'm sure that we'll be back to visit that you can know the many grandchildren that we've had. Love, Joshua. And then it said this. P.S. Dad, none of the above is true. I'm over at Jason's house. And I just wanted to remind you that there are worse things in life than the report card that I left for you on the kitchen table. <laughs> Call me when it's safe for me to come home. Good. Do you understand that is a perfect illustration about how stupid it is when we worry? Yeah. Yep. We're supposed to surrender to God, but we worry about the stupidest things. Yeah. And that story was too perfect to not read to you because it perfectly illustrates all of my worries in a nutshell. I worry and I worry and I worry and I worry. And then God says to me, when I finally get my, my wit about me, he, he says to me, it's usually in the shower when I'm replaying the tape, he'll go, hey, 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 guess what, Adam? Was that all worth it? All the energy you put into that that you could have put into prayer. You're worrying like you can do this. You, when are you going to get this through your thick head? This is how God talks to me. Maybe he doesn't talk to you that way, but that's how he talks to me. God is amazing. And when we lay things at his feet and we lay this control, I don't know about you, but it really boils down to control issues. What's the opposite of surrender? Control. We're going to try to control it. We're going to try to help God out. We're going to try to help him with this plan that only he knows and will reveal to us when we're obedient. Isn't that funny? So what happened last year when, when Liz and I got back, I was praying and I was seeking God and I said, God, I am waiting on you to explode Hope Covenant. And then I got quiet before the Lord because I have a habit of bombarding him in my prayer time and, you know, never listening. And finally, I decided it'd be better to listen because I don't know what to do. I've hit rock bottom. And he said, Adam, you're waiting on me, and I'm waiting on you. 
And I was like, ouch, that, that kind of hurt. He said, no, I'm, I'm waiting on you. He, he said to me, he said, listen, when you make a decision, you know that you know that you know that you heard from me, Hope Covenant Church, right? That name in and of itself, you're not smart enough to come up with that. <laughs> Thanks, God. Appreciate that. But it's true. The Lord breathed it to me. He said to me, look, I want you to be responsible. I want, I want you to, to spread hope and covenant relationship with each other, covenant relationship with God and each other. That's what this church is all about. That's why that name is Hope Covenant. We're about breathing hope. Jesus is hope. Amen? Right. Amen. Covenant relationship with God and covenant relationship with each other. And that's where the name is that simple. That's why we named it Hope Covenant. There it is. But the minute I, I let go and I started trusting God is the minute we got a building. I started trusting God. I got a building and I went, oh, no, I have no money for a sound system. I started trusting God. All the money came in. Can I tell you guys this? <laughs> and I want this to encourage you. I'm not sharing this with you just because of us or this church. Because it's not about this church. It's about you growing. I had a denomination that offered me. $120,000 of a loan that they were going to loan me. And the Lord said to me while I was sitting at the table, that's not for you. Do not sign that paper. That's not the route that I want you to take. I've called you Hope Covenant, and we're, gonna, we're a non-denominational church. I love denominations, but we're non-denominational. That's who we are. That's what God called us to do. And this was a test of obedience. So I turned it down. And I went, well, I've got a building. I have no equipment. I don't know what to do, God. The minute that I turned it down, two days later, all the money. Guys, we have raised this year more money than they were going to give us in that loan cash. Can we give God a shout of praise this morning? Do you know why that is? Because when you're obedient, God meets you, and he does what only he can do so that only he gets the credit. That's what happens when we surrender. I want to show you a church sign that I love. Um, I, I love church signs. I shop for church signs, and, and I love this church sign. It says, don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. <laughs> Depending on how you read that, that's really funny. I know what they meant, but I know what that sign says. I know how I read it. It just hit a few people back there. I love that one. It's like 10-second delay. That's great. We just studied the Beatitudes in Matthew and in those same chapters, there's actually an entire section that's dedicated, same chapters as the Beatitudes, that's dedicated to worry and how we should handle it. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 24 to 30, no one can serve two masters. Now, the Greek word for worry is a divided mind. That's what the Greek word for worry means. It's a divided mind. In other words, I got it. No, God, you got it. No, I got it. No, God, you got it. That's a divided mind. How many of you know a double-minded individual receives nothing from the Lord? The Greek word for worry is double-mindedness, a divided mind. Lordship is, is really a question of are you going to let God have control of your life or are you going to control it? Now, continuing verse 24, for you will hate one and love the other you will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve god and be enslaved to money in other words do we trust that god's going to provide that's what he's saying there right. then jesus says this in verse 25 that is why i tell you not to worry about everyday life i'm going to repeat that again for the people in the back no offense to the people in the back 
I, I, nobody sits up in this front row because I think I spit and everybody knows it and they don't want to shower. That's why they said, listen, when we fill up, some of y'all need to get to the anointing of my spit on you. Just telling you right now, you'll leave healed and delivered. I'm, I'm joking. I'm going to read that again. That's why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? What Jesus is really saying here is that we're really worried about trivial things when there are big eternal things that are way more important than what we're worrying about. Yes. That's what he's saying there. Verse 26, I love this. this. This puts me in a really good mood. Jesus is this, verse 26. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns for your heavenly father feeds them. God takes care of the birds. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Think about it. He's given us dominion over the birds that he takes care of. How much more is he going to take care of us? I'm yelling. I'm getting passionate, guys. Can all your worries add a single moment to life? I love the sarcasm in that. It's, it's hilarious. Like anybody who's Jewish can relate to that. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Worry is trying to control the uncontrollable. Think about it. It's stupid. Worry is trying to control the uncontrollable. It adds nothing to us to worry. It only takes away from us to worry. Verse 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly take care of you. Why do you have so little faith? I'm, listen, I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm, I look, I'm looking at myself in the mirror when I read this. Because there's times where I look at my checkbook and I'm ready to hyperventilate too. But why do we have so little faith that God won't meet us? You know, as a church, as we're growing this, and, and this is foundational, the Lord is teaching me. I, I feel like this is a test, teaching me how to rely on him, that he will be there when I need him. And he will do what only he can do so that he gets the credit when the miracle comes. Because, And I say when, not if, because the miracle will come. Yeah. I want you to say this with me. Say, the miracle, the miracle over, my life over my life will come, will come when, I'm when I'm faithful. Yeah, there's the clause, when we're faithful. Without trust, you can't surrender. And guys, that's, my, that's been my biggest issue. You go, your you're biggest, aren't you the pastor of the church? You're struggling with trust with God? Yes, I am human in my nature, and there are times where when I get out of the spirit and into my flesh, I start to go, God, can you really do this? And he goes, duh, look at, we read that verse, look at all the things I've done in the past. Guys, when you don't see what's coming in the future, look at his faithfulness in the past, and you'll know what he's about to do in the future. That's why when we don't know what to do, we stand. We stand on his promises that were yes and amen, knowing that his promises are yes and amen. I'm preaching better than y'all are amen today, but that's okay. Let me give you a verse for your arsenal that you need to start to declare. And, and instead of worrying, this will help you surrender. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything. You, I've read this before. Instead, pray about it all and tell God what you need and thank him that it's already done. Amen. In other words, Lord, I thank you for that cash that's going to be in my account. 
I thank you, Lord, that it will be there. I thank you, God, that your promises are yes and amen. Now, listen, I'm not saying go be stupid and, you know, you're buying a Bentley and wondering why there's no food on the table. Let's not be stupid about it. But it's when, you're, when we're in a position of faith and we're walking, you know, with, with wisdom, we can declare these things. Prayer isn't a moment where you simply inform God of your reality. Prayer should be the moment where you surrender to God. When you do this, verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. In other words, mind blown, God will move and blow your mind with his faithfulness. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm almost done. This is not a long message, but I want to give you three principles in Matthew that will allow you to completely surrender. And the first one is get to know God. I can't trust someone I don't know. You got to get to know God. It'll help your trust levels. Get to know him. Get intimate with him, and you will trust him because he will speak to you. I've said this before, that the whispers of God are only heard in close proximity. When somebody whispers, you can't hear them. If I were to whisper like this, I've got a microphone in my hand, but if you were in the back of the room, you would not hear that. You need to get close to God. Get to know God. Matthew 6, verse 30 to 33, in the message, it says, If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, we read this, most of which are never, ever seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, and do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax and not be preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over all these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Say this. My concerns concerns will will be be met. met. And we need to start to declare that. In other words, God's got you more than you think he's got you. You just don't know him well enough to know he's got you. And please don't make me say that again. I don't think I could have. I tried. (laughs) That was a mouthful. Matthew 6, verse 33. I love that. 32, sorry. We just read this. People who don't know God and the way he works worry over these things. In other words, worry is for people who don't have a relationship with God. I'm going to say that again. Worry is for people who don't have a relationship with God. If you have a relationship with God, you have no need for worry. In fact, let's not insult him and worry. And that's one of the things the Lord is revealing to me. That every time I worry about it, it's like questioning his faithfulness. You go, well, that's not so profound. Yeah, but it is. It is because my immediate reaction oftentimes is fear. Instead of faith. And what I'm really saying is, God, I don't know if you can. Number two, and three principles in Matthew that allow you to completely surrender. Put God first in every area of your life. Jesus said this in Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Maybe our agenda is what's keeping us worried. Maybe our striving is keeping us worrying. Our agenda and our plans keep us striving in our own strength. If our focus is God's agenda and seek first the kingdom of God, it's easy to become surrender at that point. Because without, without and I, I want, this, is, this is so profound here, 
Because without God's supernatural power, how can we have his miraculous kingdom? That's what I love about when we're seeking God for a miracle. When somebody's healed, it's not us who heals them. It's God who heals them. Only he can get the credit. So he shows up and he shows off. And it's amazing how much faith that builds. That's why oftentimes I prophesy in public over someone. When I have a word for you and I share that in public, it's because I want faith of others that know what I'm speaking to, that that I don't know these things. God's speaking them to me, and you go, oh my gosh, I know you didn't know that. Yeah, but God knew it, and he's trying to show up and show off and build faith in the room. That's why we do that. Over the next two weeks, in fact, the last week of this year, when we celebrate our, our, our last Christmas, December 19th, I believe is that date, it's a Sunday, We're going to have a testify service where we're going to testify about some miracles that have been happening in this church that you need to be aware of. Because your faith needs to be encouraged that God is moving right here, right now. Surrender. Number three, live one day at a time. Don't open the umbrella until it starts to rain. In other words, we worry about things. It's like... If we were worried about the rain and we opened the umbrella and that cloud never actually comes over us. I I go on the boat with my parents and my mom is a weather channel app freak. I say that not in a condescending way. She loves the weather. She watches the weather. It's like she is a professional weather stalker. I think she should have been a weather person. She may have missed her calling. She loves it. And when we're on the boat, we could be out in, in, and there's like no sight of rain. And she's like, it's about to start raining. Let's go. And we'll always, mom, look, there are no clouds. It's about to start raining. I'm watching on the app. We need to go. We're on Lake Norman. She's never been wrong. She's never been wrong. But it's, we need to stop worrying about a cloud that might never come and open up the umbrella. It's it's the picture that I want to give you. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 34. Let's make this legal. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. (laughs) In other words, take one day at a time. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen? Amen. We need to trust God in every area of our life. We need to let stuff go, and we need to get out of the way so that God could show up and show off in our lives. I could tell you anytime there's been a blockage, I'm usually in the way, trying to hold on, trying to control, trying to make it happen like we were doing a year ago. But what we were really trying to do is we were, we were trying to get to a place of surrender. We just wanted to walk through every open door and say, God, is this what you want? What? And it's okay to do that. I want to encourage some of you that are seeking God for direction in your life. If you see an open door and you want to check it out and that ends up being a closed door, that's okay. Surrender and give it to God that he will ordain your steps. You try to make your plans, but let God tailor that thing. So much peace will come from surrendering and trusting that God will do what only he can do. In the hour we're living in today, the only way we can make it through is to surrender and to trust God. You, I don't know about the, the condition of the nation. Trust God. I don't know about our president. I don't either. Trust God. I don't know about this person or that person. Trust God. I, I'm afraid of what can happen. Trust God. What about my health? I I don't want to get the C word. I don't even want to say it. Talking about cancer. 
There I said it. Trust God. If your days are numbered and ordered of the Lord, what are you worrying about? Because look, what's the worst that can happen? We die, right? And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So what are we worried about? Lord, whenever you, you know what? Right now, if you want, that's fine. Right in front of all y'all. To be absent from the body, I'm not in fear over that. But see, we need to be in right standing and in obedience with God. When you're in disobedience, you have every reason to worry. You have every reason to be concerned. But when you're obedient, that's ridiculous. Jack Hayford is a spiritual hero of mine. I don't know how many of you have heard of him, but he's a, he's a legend. He's still alive, believe it or not. He's, a, he's an older guy. He's responsible for the King's University, which is now based out of Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas. And he said this, and I love this quote, to live through a bad day, indeed to conclude it, is to place it in the hands of God and leave it there. Give your worries to the Lord and leave them there. Leave them there. Leave them there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. If you'll trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. See, we, I love that. We need to bring that song back. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Let's pray. I want to pray a prayer of surrender before we leave today. And those of you that are watching online, I want to encourage you with this. We need to take our burdens to the Lord and we need to leave them there. Here's what I want to ask you with every eye closed in this place. If you've been in a position where you've been worrying, if you've been in a position where you've been in fear, if you've been in a position where you're lacking peace, I want to ask you to stand to your feet right where you are. If you've been stuck in that trap of, of maybe, maybe you're fearing about the plan of God. Maybe you're fearing over finances. Maybe there's some people here that you need to just stand to your feet and be obedient in this because there's deliverance that's here for you if you've been in that place. Maybe you're watching online, you're driving in your car, you're listening to the podcast after the fact, and you're going, man, that's me. I've been holding on to stuff. I've been worrying. I want to encourage you, if you're in this place today, just stand to your feet. I want to pray over you today. Father, I just pray right now over every person that's been in a position of worry, every person that's been dealing with anxiety, every person that's been dealing with doubt. And Father, we declare, we surrender this and we lay this at your feet. And Lord, we repent for not trusting you to do what only you can do. We ask you, God, when we come in and we repent, you say you wash us of that and we don't have to have any kind of condemnation about those things. We can be free of that. So Lord, right now, I declare freedom that as we walk through this Christmas season and we lay everything at your feet and trust you, Lord, that in our faith that you would develop us and that you would help us to see that you will do. Your promises are yes and amen. You will do. Say this, God, you will. Say it like you mean it. God, you will do what only you can do in and through my life. If you believe that, would you shout amen? Thank you guys so much for watching online. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us today. We'll see you next week. God bless you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.